Helping people is what I'm all about. Just don't expect any good results. You gotta study back home because my exquisite derriere might make you say otherwise. Don't expect me to fight the power without creating a scene. Hello and welcome to the Real Housewives of River Heights. My name is Jade Gregory and as always we have my wonderful fellow housewives, Tina. Hello my beautiful dolls. And Nikki. Hello. And on today's episode, we will be talking about Nancy Drew and the ghost dogs of Moon Yet Lake. another day, another game that we discuss about true. a mystery taking place on stolen land. Let's go. Let's go. Spoiler <laughs> <laughs> warning for those who have not yet played the Nancy Drew mystery game series. Also, there will be not safe for work content talk of alcohol swearing dirty jokes etc so kick the kiddos out and let's get rolling ghost dogs of moon lake is number seven in the installment of nancy drew point and click adventures series by her interactive this game is based loosely on two books instead of one we have nancy drew ghost stories ghost dogs of whispering oaks from 1989 and mystery by moonlight from 2002 to start off we have nancy drew writing a letter to ned it says dear ned remember sally mcdonald the woman who took those photos that dad has up in his office well she just bought a house in moon lake pennsylvania a gangster named mickey malone built it back in the 20s as his country getaway we're talking major fixer-upper anyway Last night, Sally called and and said she desperately needed my detective skills. She refused to say why over the phone. Naturally, I said I'd drive to Moon Lake immediately. But weird things started happening the moment I pulled up. First, this big tree fell down behind my car and has me totally blocked in. And then I discovered that Sally's gone. She left a note that suggested something terrible happens here at night. She's supposed to call me from her car. So, here I sit, writing to you while I wait for the phone to ring. It's nighttime, and although part of me is dying to know what frightened Sally away, another part of me is starting to feel a little bit uneasy. I'll let you know what happens. Ever yours, Nancy. You really sounded like Nancy for a bit there. I'll take it as a compliment. (laughs) I was like, wow. (laughs) It's the nasal (laughs) Nina. So Nancy was asked by her friend, Sally McDonald, as we learned from the note, to visit Moon Lake, PA. Sally had recently bought the house um, from a well-known gangster of Mickey Malone. She didn't um, buy it from him because he's as, been dead. Yeah. Oh, gosh, he's dead. But it was his land. Oh, it be- she recently bought the yeah. house, I think, from the bank, which belonged in the past by a gangster named Mickey Malone. My wording. I'm loosely reading what I wrote. <laughs> So when we arrive, Nancy is blocked by a fallen tree in the driveway and Sally is gone. But there's only a note left, as we learn from her letter to Ned. So later that night, after arriving, Nancy gets a call the minute she gets into the um, cabin from Sally. It's her apologizing for leaving her alone and continues to beg her to also leave the property. But Nancy, as always, is determined to find out what is scaring Sally, so she refuses. And she can't leave because there's a tree there anyways. Um, As Sally tries to explain the horrible dog attack, her phone cuts in and out and eventually cutting her off completely. Um, Can I just can I just say one thing about Sally? Like, Mm -hmm. what a bitch. What a bitch. (laughs) I'm just saying what what a horrible friend. Um, First of all, you ask 
your friend to drive all the way to your cabin in the middle of nowhere to uh, help you out with something and then you get too scared and then you leave and you don't even like try to call your <laughs> friend to let her know uh, may, uh, do a u-turn make a u-turn Um, don't come here. I'm leaving. Maybe before she left River Heights or something. Wait, well, yeah, but don't she don't she have a PDA? Don't she have a PDA? She literally know. leaves probably like an hour before Nancy gets her. Yeah, so you couldn't wait. Like Nancy was on her way. I, I get being scared to be in the house alone, but it, yeah, it seems like Sally just left last minute and let Nancy stay there alone, which is like so rude. I'm just saying, if she was a good friend, she would have stayed until Nancy showed up. It don't matter if she gets killed by dogs, okay? You stay, even if you get mauled by dogs. Uh, like, that's that's being a ride-or-die friend, just saying. How close are Nancy and Sally, actually? Because I feel like... Did Nancy say they went to high school together? I think she's her dad's friend. Well, she's like 27. <laughs> I don't think, I don't know. Oh, uh, maybe not. Person. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Then I can somehow forgive a little bit, Sally, but still, what's well, the bitch? Still, no, bitch. the plot line is that she's a friend of Nancy's father. Why does Carson have a 27 year old friend? What kind of photos does she take? exactly uh she's a freelance photographer it doesn't say what kind of photos she is like saucy fo photos for carson drew i'm guessing she's a nature photographer based on where she moved out to <laughs> <laughs> like what could be more you know natural than you know au naturel in the forest <laughs> I'm just saying. Why is Carson friends with a 27-year-old freelance photographer? Where does it say she's 27? <laughs> I swear to God, it says it somewhere that she's 27. There's like, I, maybe in her Nancy's notes or something. Maybe. She's definitely, yeah, I not, must have missed definitely not Carson's age. Maybe Sally is Carson's secret sugar, da sugar baby. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. How come the cabin looks like shit then? <laughs> <laughs> well i mean, she just got there <laughs> you know you start somewhere but when and when your relationship gets further maybe he'll buy her a better cabin maybe <laughs> she wants to fix it up make oh, it fancy yeah. oh she's trying to fix she's mm -hmm. trying to fix it's a bit of a fixer upper sorry <laughs> okay <laughs> so While Nancy tries to figure out what Sally was trying to say on the phone, she gets interrupted by the weirdest noise possible. What is that? Something's out there. So we go outside to find where the noise is coming from and run into Red Knot. The weird noises were for him. He was trying to call for a bird. A howl stops the conversation between the two, and Ned explains the ghost dogs are coming and tells Nancy to get back inside the house. So Red Knot is an avid bird watcher who sleeps during the day so he can make bird calls at night. <laughs> he distrusts tourists of any kind, viewing them as threats to the natural ecosystem of Moon Lake. He dislikes Nancy due to her loud, inquisitive manner and the strange accidents that trail her. <laughs> Sorry. Red is so... Red, are, are we talking about 
the older um the older version of peter griffin are we talking about that <laughs> that red knot okay yeah the ones who who uh, puts camel on top of camel is that that one on top of camel camel Cam- yeah <laughs> camel <laughs> first of all um isn't the place where his like nest is technically on sally's property oh my goodness hang on there's a way to look if you look in the ranger station there's like the map of like the malone land i think it might be just right outside of it okay because i always thought that that place that patch of woods actually belonged to sally so like why the fuck like why isn't he actually trespassing but that Um, makes sense so another character that comes up m emily m's emporium oh where are you going Wait, oh, okay. I thought you were like transitioning to Emily. I was like, wait, we were not done talking. No. <laughs> okay, okay. She she brings up that red trespasses on people's like on people's properties. Yeah, I mean, in making bird noises. The, in the beginning of the game, he's definitely on Sally's property because he's right in front of the house yeah. making bird calls. So yeah, he definitely was trespassing that time. I don't know if it ever I don't know if it ever crossed his mind that this uh, an old man, disgusting looking man, like um, um, well, you really like don't a, like go, red going into people's like a young twenty seven year old year old property and having his little corner right by her window is kind of creepy, but or he knows, or he knows, he just, I mean. Does he care? I don't know. He could. This is creepy. Yeah, I mean, do you remember the part of the game where he asks Nancy to take photos? And the way that he asks is so fucking creepy. Like, I'm trying to remember what exactly he says. He says, like... um, I think I might have that written down. No, I don't. He says something about wanting you to take photos for him. And he says it in a really creepy way, but I can't remember the exact dialogue that oh, he uses. Oh, yeah, I... Well, maybe I'll, I'll jog your memory later. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have some imagine, things. Imagine, like, a, when Nancy gives him, like, uh, the photos of actual birds, he's like, oh, I meant... I actually meant chicks, not actual, literally, birds, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> nah, he gets off from bird pictures. We all know it. The the little the little sound he made at the beginning at the beginning of the game, like it, it probably turns him on. Like this is what turns him on. This is the mo- This is the moaning that he does. It's something like that. Oh my gosh! I'll have to add in that noise. I'm gonna add that in. I'm gonna try to find it. All right. So as uh as we make our way back into the house. This is not good.
before ghost dogs attack. Hence the name, Ghost Dogs of Moon Lake. <laughs> Alright, as legend says, the dogs come back to haunt and scare away anybody who tries to live in the house. Um, at this point, we have some time to just kind of, as we're getting attacked, we can explore. Might as well after the attack's done. Uh, you know, an average person would have left, but Nancy's like, nah, I'm going to explore this house and then go to bed. So some things that we can like walk around and like look at are, um, the two puzzles. And we slowly start to notice that whoever lived in this cabin has a serious obsession with dogs. There's a clock, dog, dog clock, dog weird cabinet above the sofa there's a puzzle there's a poem about dogs there's a lot of dogs <laughs> well we can determine from that the, from the environment that the previous owner wasn't a cat person he was not a cat person as we're exploring this area there's some things that we need to find that we pick up because as usual per nancy's mo she steals everything so we find out things like the water needs to get tested for the for the cabin so we basically make it our priority to take care of the cabin's duties to help sally even though she really didn't ask us <laughs> we're like finding everything like oh mice and then we get to this note on the wall and there the note on the wall says rotten floorboards watch your <laughs> and nancy dies and that's our first death of the game. <laughs> you know, it makes a sense that Nancy, um, when she saw those dogs outside, she, her, her she doesn't have the primal instinct to just up and leave. Um, she just goes outside that as if nothing happened and just explores the forest at night. It makes sense because uh, this girl cannot die. This girl cannot die. She, she, well, she dies, but she comes back as if nothing happened. Literally, so, you can you can go outside, and I'm just like, why is this allowed? I feel like an average person would be like, no. But if you do go outside and try to take the boat, because you do have that conversation with Sally about you know going and taking the boat because there's no car, uh, you can't do it because it's not safe at night. So at least we can't die that way. Well, then um, see, she. she that's pretty easily like as soon as you forget to put on a vest or a helmet then it's Im immediately de death immediately no chances of survival explosion explosion in the freaking uh in the freaking water like a whole like explosion i may i think it's because they want to teach kids to be safe so, like in danger and deception island they make Nancy die. She doesn't wear a helmet because I think they wanted to teach kids they should always wear a helmet. Mm -hmm. I totally, when I was playing on my stream, I totally forgot to wear a vest. I was like, why does she keep dying? <laughs> yes, as adults, we just don't learn. We still haven't learned our lesson. Those games haven't taught us, you know, survival skills. Well, it's also hard to see if you're pulling the, um, if you're like fixing the boat trying to fix the boat which um we find out later that the boat's mi missing a spark plug and we have to somehow get it um which is actually in pertaining to the next day so there's like a lot of running around in these games a lot of going from one place to the other to the next to the next so on and so forth uh about the spark plug uh or the torque the spark plug or the torque uh as someone who is 
well, non-mechanical and also wasn't an English speaker really when I was a teen. I had absolutely had no idea what Nancy was talking about. I was like, what the f- what the fuck is a torque? What the fuck is a spark plug? Is that is that is that a car boat part? What? And <laughs> and uh, wait, but like torque is basically a screwdriver. So why isn't she saying screwdriver? Right. Torque is not a, it's not a screwdriver, it's the force. So like when you're screwing something, torque is the force that gets generated when you do that. Oh uh, yeah. So that's what Nancy's that's what Nancy means. And she says I need torque because she needs to uh those things that are in the back of the boat have to be screwed up and down. Oh, but it's it's the twisting part. It's the Yeah, it's the twisting. force generated by that. Oh, Okay, and I actually never got that explanation for years. Well, I mean, I just got the explanation now. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lesson for me. It's a a lesson for me. Don't say you never learned anything on this podcast, folks. (laughs) Yep, yep. (laughs) A lot of people have learned a lot of things from our podcast, like the M Mm -hmm. for the map. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And how to stay Foyer. Anyways, uh, oh, I might have just been you. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All right, so the next day, um, if we go outside, there's two different doors we can go outside. We have the side door in the kitchen, and the front door in the living room. Um, so because we fell through the floor, we have to be on the hunt for. I don't know how we're supposed to figure this out, but for floorboards, I think Nancy says something. If you click on the floorboards, that you need something. We might as well take a trip down the woods. How does everyone feel about the woods? I might as well bring it up now. <laughs> Every time I play this game, I have to relearn how to navigate the woods. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, to be honest, I can see how I can see how people would get frustrated with the woods. But honestly, um, maybe I just maybe I'm just good orienting myself but um Bragging. i can just i mean <laughs> it's not i i need to learn as well each time i i start the game i i forgot what the map looks like so i i have to look up the, the map a few times but once i learn how to get to certain points like the, the landmarks and the cemetery then i i it's it's like i i learn I learn which way, so I really don't need to look at the map. But it takes like a few, a few trips, I guess. A few mm-hmm. trips. Yeah, I agree with that. I will say too that the woods in this game are not nearly as difficult as the ones in Captive Curse. I forgot. I think these that. are a lot easier to get around than that. Oh my goodness, I forgot about that. I since I recently played it, I surprisingly had muscle memory. And I remembered how to get through the woods my first try with that, like looking at the map once. And I was very impressed with myself. <laughs> but I think once you get the hang of it, it's yeah, I think once you get the hang of it, it's pretty easy to navigate. My brain went backwards, though. After that, that was the only time <laughs> I did it successfully was the one time. <laughs> If you go through the woods following the map, you end up at the cemetery where you find Mickey's tomb covered in paw prints, as Nancy likes to point out. It's covered in paw prints. And you also have the graves of all of his dogs, and they all share the same date of 
death. And I wrote, that's weird. Um, there's also other tombstones that you can interact with within this area, such as a guy named Waldo or Tina's favorite, Stench! <laughs> Which I don't remember looking at. <laughs> apparently, apparently it's a pun. Stench but- as a royal, which, yeah. Yeah, like royal stench, meaning like a really big stench. Every games that royally dumps or sasses <laughs> or just being shady towards the royal family, I gotta give it points. I gotta give it points. I'm not sure if it is shade towards the royal family because royal just means big, like when people use it as an adjective. But we can take it that way. <laughs> I take mean, it however which way. Do we you want. want me to look at this game more, more favoritively, or you know, still like with the meh attitude? You want to, I, do you want this to push game is a personal towards... favorite oh um, so i'll i'll let you take that interpretation if it makes it you like it more <laughs> she's not gonna like my rating later <laughs> <laughs> no i now that you said it it's ruined i i i i take back my points oh no oh, oh no you ruined it <laughs> we still stand stench still stand stench whoever stenches can I also mention that there are no dates on Stench's tombstone? I think they're all fake. I honestly think most of them are fake except for yeah. Do not ruin my my do not ruin my dreams, okay? They're- I thought the same thing because yeah, a lot of the stones don't have dates, which and we find out why they're fake later on, but and also, who would Mickey Malone have buried there? His family? Like, yeah. Like, it wasn't... Like, I don't... Besides the dogs, I don't know who he would have had to bury there. So, yeah. I'm thinking, back then, while they were having parties, maybe they let their animals have fun in the forest. And it if it was like a little park for them, so they wanted to bury their park. dogs <laughs> in the cemetery in the forest because it was their favorite place uh, to hang out in while their owners were getting drunk. And, you know, I don't know, fornicating. I don't know what they do at parties like the, under, during the prohibition, probably drinking illegally. Drinking illegally and fornicating. But, you know, mostly drinking. Yeah, I mean, they were basically just nightclubs. So, yeah, that's what people do at clubs, right? They, in the tunnels, in the tunnels, they... um, Oh, yeah, people must have been banging in those tunnels. Yeah, Eustacia (laughs) mentioned there were a lot of dead ends. There were a lot of doors, hidden doors, behind doors. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, I know people were were fucking in the tunnels. Who's Eustacia? I think she no, she means Vivian? um what's her face? Hell uh, one more. Vivian. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, I didn't mean Eustacia. So, well, Eustacia is in the in this game. But like more like um She is. She's thing. friends with Vivian. She she oh. You know? Okay, okay. I, I put I, I give the game back the points because Eustacia and Vivian. <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> So after exploring the cemetery just for fun, because that's what 
I did because, you know, the minute you get the map, it's time for a trip. So <laughs> during the phone call um, with Sally, she mentioned M's Emporium and how um, the woman there, Emily Griffin, can help. So, you know, to the boat. But Nancy notices that not only is the boat full of water, it's also missing a spark plug. So uh, we're not going anywhere fast. So, you know, we have to get a bucket, get all the water out. And honestly, who are we going to get a spark plug from? Like, seriously. So only other option is to go talk to Ned. Not Ned. Red. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to... I don't think Ned's in this game. No, Bess and George are in this game. And the Hardy Boys are in this game. Okay, so I'm giving more points to this game. Is um, we're, we're, what? We still find positives. No Ned, but you know <laughs> all the rest of the cast, all the rest of the game except <laughs> Ned. We got we 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 just we just gotta give them props for this. <laughs> oh, so anyways, we go to see if Red's at his perch. He's not there. He doesn't come during the day. We didn't know that, so now we have to go to nighttime again. It's like it was just nighttime. So Red really does not like Nancy. We are way too loud and all he talks about is birds. And it turns out he was a Boy Scout and he just happens to have a spark plug on him because, you know, always prepared or something like that. And um, Always be prepared is the Boy Scout model. Yeah, and <laughs> he asks us to take bird pictures, which we mentioned it was a little... Yes suspicious this is what i was referencing because the way that he says it i think he says something like maybe you can take some photos for me do you know how to use a digital camera is what he says yeah yeah and it it says it this really creepy tone of voice Mm -hmm. and it if it wasn't a kid's game i would think he was asking nancy to take nude photos for him because that's the way he makes it sound he's like do you, you know how to use a digital camera right it's like, what? Yes? Yeah, because I remember watching um, Half Moon Joe play this, and he thought the same thing. Like, when he heard Red say that, he was like, oh my god, like, what? <laughs> it's because digital cameras were new, and he wasn't sh- sure if Nancy knew how to take photos. I don't know. Yeah. Also, so, like, the fact that digital cameras are new, um, if you call Bess and George, you'll get um, a funly, fun little caller ID. <laughs> being new yes yes <laughs> best talks about having just gotten caller id yes oh my gosh really dates the game really dates it we are so happy for best finally get caller id what an invention because <laughs> she's like hi nancy <laughs> then her parents get rid of it because she keeps ignoring calls from people she doesn't want to talk to meanwhile nancy has a pda did you know i didn't i don't know if you know this did you know you can go go on herinteractive.com to get the latest tips, the latest detective techniques. Oh my gosh. Did you know that? Uh-huh. No, I do. <laughs> I the PDA is like you do have to kind of use it a little bit, but it's like the most annoying thing. Like I need a checklist. That was my main issue with this game. There's no checklist. I have to write everything down. <laughs> well, to be fair, yes, there are no checklists. However, the notes in the PDA were act- were pretty explicit. They basically told you what to do next. I know. I had to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but I would like to know if I had already done it at the same time. I still had to write it down. 
even regardless of the PDA. So we have to go back up the stairs and make it daytime again. <laughs> because the only way to talk to Red is to go to nighttime. And so it's just, uh, it's one of the game mechanics where it's just a little annoying that it's nighttime, daytime, nighttime, daytime. Um, so with spark plug in hand, let's go fix the boat, basically. This is a pretty easy puzzle because you do have to use the screwdriver um, to just move the picture and things like that. Um, fun fact, as we mentioned, if you don't wear your life jacket, you will kill Nancy. <laughs> so we're off to M's, and this is where we meet Emily Griffin. So Emily runs the nearby junk slash bait shop. She sells Prohibition era antiques there and insists that they were obtained legally and not by dragging the bottom of Moon Lake. Uh -huh, sure, Emily. Sure. <laughs> how did the Emily? how did the subject come up again? Like about you know finding antiques and just it's a later conversation. Oh, it's it's a it. I think Nancy brings up the fact that she has like a lot of stuff there, like a lot of cool stuff. And I think that's when we do a later th um, task for her. I remember f about Emily Griffin. I uh, only remember her, uh, her cute handwriting and she <clears throat> has an accent uh, different from the other characters. It makes her it's a southern one, right? Yeah, it's southern. I don't know. That's common for Pennsylvania. For real? Yeah, Pennsylvania is a lot like Ohio. It's not in the south, but in the, like the more rural parts of Pennsylvania, people do have an accent like that. I also think that I think Jeff Akers grew up there because I was gonna say mm -hmm. I think Emily's the only person who's from there, but I don't think that's true because I think Jeff is from. He grew there up too. in the area, but, but not exactly there. But Jeff doesn't have an accent, like he doesn't. My uncle has also, an accent, and I don't. So, in retrospect, I could see it. I could see it being that Jeff like masks his accent though to sound like more professional or whatever. Very much so. I think but, he grew up near there, but not exactly there. So we don't know how rural his town is compared true. to where Emily grew. Yeah, I mean, we know his dad was also. His dad also lived there at Moon Lake. Well, yeah, they also, well, they left, though, as a, when he was a kid. They left, okay. So that, yeah, that's Yes, later. that might explain it. Yeah, it's later on that we find that information out. As we're talking to Emily, she comes off as very friendly, helpful, things like that. And we tell her about the tree falling, as Sally had told us to do. And she mentions that the guy is going to take a really long time to do his job. But sure, she'll get somebody out there for us. Hmm. So she also brings up the fact that Sally isn't with us. She's very curious about that. And she um, said that she told Sally that the house would be trouble and like how like the dogs would come back and that they also like scare her too and things like that. She's just very so much so very much a believer of the ghost dogs. She also really does not like Red and she really does not like um, Jeff as she calls him, oh, what does she call him? Squeaker. Squeaky Wheel Acres. Squeaky Wheel Acres. And she calls Red a tree hugger, which is interesting. She basically tells us uh, for some of the stuff that we need to get done, like testing the water, that we have to go see Squeaky Wheel Acres, a.k.a. the local ranger. Oh, this is where she brings up having issues in what she sells. 
in her shop and that he doesn't um he doesn't believe that she's following the rules which she is or he doesn't believe that she's following the rules i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) but anyways we're sent off to the ranger station where we meet daddy i mean jeff acres (laughs) so Jeff Akers is Ranger Akers, and he is the only ranger in charge of Moon Lake State Park. He has a strict personality and takes pleasure in ticketing people and enforcing park rules, um, which has made him unpopular with the residents of Moon Lake. Sally's purchase of the old Maloon Place ruined his hope of the park's department searching of the park's department purchasing the property, increasing the size of the state park. So how do we feel about Daddy? I mean... (laughs) We can we can, I feel like we can guess Jade's feelings about Jeff already. <laughs> so we really don't need to ask Jade how she feels about Daddy. I, I mean Jeff. He, he, oh, oh. <laughs> you agree? Okay, so I have conflicting feelings about Jeff. On one hand, I I love a good-looking man who has a you know, a government job, like a stable job, <laughs> uh, you know, helping the forest, helping nature. I like that. I like, I, I'm me loving some park rangers, you know. On the other hand, um, he's insufferable. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, he's a good looking guy, but I think his personality just kind of negates the rest of his appeal yeah because he's just such a cop like he's such a rule follower he says he's law enforcement he's like yeah he loves law enforcement it's my duty yeah he loves ticketing people and even like to an extent where he's almost bending the rules to ticket people like he will ticket people for anything he tickets nancy for littering when she almost gets burned in the shed oh yeah i forgot i remember that he ticketed Nancy for something I just didn't remember what bullshit reason he gave I think he says burning refuse in a manner that endangered park property which first of all it was not park property it was Sally's property so fuck off but like also like Nancy almost died and that's all he can think about (laughs) yeah and I find it weird that Nancy can be angry towards red but she's not angry towards uh towards Jeff which means she, i mean like red is gross looking and in and uh, Jeff is cute so i can see where Nancy's coming from i guess she is sarcastic towards him when he gives her the pitch she's like oh thanks ranger acres um but that's it yeah she's not really that mean to him Oh shit! That wouldn't have been me. Like I would have been so happy to get that pin. I was, I'd be like, "Oh, that's so cute. I love it." Yeah, but she was like, "Oh, gee, thanks, Ranger Acres." Like she's very clearly like, <laughs> "This is so stupid." Pretty much. Yeah. Um, wait. What? She why? wears it. Like he gave us this pin for what again? Or like we did oh, something. We do. I when we organized the files. Yeah. I think. Which he doesn't ask us to do that right away. It's a little bit farther yeah. on. And you know what's funny is that she, despite her, like, saying that comment, she still wears it. Yep. Oh, I got something funny about that later. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, Honestly, 
We know how I feel about Jeff Akers, but I also think that the ranger station is very cool. There's lots of different signs, different boards to look at, and different like things to interact with. Um, uh, one of uh, the favorite things is the best couple on Earth, which is Park Ranger Francis Bacon Grits and his wife Zelda Strawberry. But they, I miss that totally. They aren't important <laughs> to the plot at all, but yeah, they aren't. But 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 we still gotta stand them. We still gotta celebrate them. Like here, we have this couple with absolutely awesome names, like Francis Bacon and Zelda Strawberry. I mean, his last name's Grits too, so he's grits. just food. Yeah, so I mean, the Grits Strawberry clan. power couple, most powerful couple in the Nancy Drew verse, and they are not. They are not in the game. They are just like a picture, but like. We just we just have to celebrate them. Like they're living their best <laughs> lives. Like they went to Moon Lake on May, probably their honeymoon, just enjoying nature. You need to put a picture of it on the Instagram. And yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, just living their best life. And we just, I mean, I fully support them. I fully support Francis Bacon Grits and Zelda Strawberry. Good job. <laughs> oh, I just thought about something. What is what if Stench was Bacon Grits and Strawberry's dog? I'm just saying. <laughs> what if Stench was their dog? Oh, what a family. What a powerful family. Oh, my goodness. All right. So when we talked to Jeff, he does not believe in the ghost dogs at all compared to Red and um, Emily, who seem to do believe that they are real. He believes that um, they're just dogs that are trained to do what they do, which is attacking. Which is, like, interesting because isn't that something that he should investigate? I was just about to say that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. I'm just glad we were on the same wavelength. Like, yeah, no, because I'm like, wait a second. If that's what he thinks is happening, isn't that like worse mm-hmm. than there being ghosts? Isn't that that means it's like a man-made phenomenon that's happening? So, like, as a law enforcement official, shouldn't he be looking into that? Exactly, or like telling other law officials because technically that yeah. is private property. But yeah, Nancy's like, then how are like their teeth glowing and their eyes glowing? And he's like, I don't know, some kind of diet. It's just very weird. Like, you're like, okay, and you're doing nothing about it? Yeah, it's like, you're so concerned with people, like, littering or whatever, but, like, someone is, like, making dogs attack someone's house and you don't care? Exactly. (laughs) Um, And then he has, has, like, a lot of issues with how many questions Nancy talks, and he's just very, like, but I'm happy to help. He's just very, like, yeah. Like, he's not helpful at all. Like, he says he is, but he's not. And then this is also where we can get a vial to um, test the water, since that is something that Nancy does need to do pertaining to the plot. Can I just say that if you don't like answering questions, maybe you <laughs> shouldn't work in a museum. Or ranger station saying. situation. Yeah. Yeah. He's very much so one of, like, everyone else in this game, except for, I don't know, another nature lover like Red, but, like, for his own benefit, in my opinion. And he also believes that Emily is dragging the lake illegally and thinks it would be convenient for her if no one was living at the Malone house. Like, he literally says that within us first meeting him. 
Like, and we're just like, all right. And what are you doing about it? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it's just some things he says where I'm just like, all right, you going to do your job? So now we have to go back to the, the cabin and we might as well, you know, go to the woods and try to get these good old bird pictures for good old red and, you know, get the water tested or get the vial filled for that water. Um, but try as we may, some of the birds just simply fly away. And yes, I rhymed because I wanted to. It wouldn't be an issue if Nancy had a gun. <laughs> what? So she could she could threaten the birds. It's like don't move or I'll shoot. You. <laughs> but that's the whole problem. They see Nancy. That's why they're flying away. But Nancy didn't have a gun. That's the problem. Yeah. If they saw a gun in Nancy's hand, they'll be like, "Oh fuck! I cannot run away. I cannot fly away." <laughs> she'll sh- oh she'll shoot me. Okay, take a picture. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> At this point, it's a lot of running back and forth, running back to Jeff to hand him the vial and then changing it to nighttime to tell Red about how the birds are flying away. And then he's mad at us for our voice and then he's mad at us for our clothes. And then he's like, I don't like M, but go get camouflage from M's and it's just, yeah. (laughs) Red's a lot to take in. Oh, I see where this is going. So... Yes, it's daytime since we have to go get camouflage. And guess what Emily wants for camo? Bugs. (laughs) (laughs) If you love this game, Valid, like, I see where you're coming from. But personally... The bird catching, I can somehow tolerate the bird catching. But when you add in the bug, the bug finding, it kills you. It kills you <laughs> on the inside. Is it because you spend hours, if you're not, even when you look it up, even when you look it up, you're like, I still don't know where it is. It's, it's, I, like, I, uh, you still don't know which bugs you found where. So, it's, it's a lot of process to check every area. and But if you don't look it up, it's mm-hmm. even worse. It's even worse. It's like you could you could literally spend just hours looking for these bugs. It, it's absolutely awful. It, is, it's, it has to be one of the nine circles of hell. When Dante wrote Inferno, he was like, he was okay. This ring is cus- uh, working customer service. That ring is the bug puzzle in in Ghost Dogs and Wood Lake because it's it's absolutely atrocious. It, it it's it is the reason why uh, my feelings on this game is just really toned down compared to the others, the the, the other people because I I just cannot tolerate the the bird and the bug puzzle mm-hmm. i just cannot and it's not just like a little thing it's like the majority of the game <laughs> you can go, you can go. <laughs> no that's true um it that was one thing that um jade and i were actually discussing earlier is that a lot of this game is really just tasks that stack on top of each other because for example like it's like with this 
um, you need something from Red. So Red's like, oh, you have to go get this. And then you go to mm-hmm. M's and M's like, well, you have to do this. And then like you end up doing like a task on top of a task on top of a task. It's a very linear game. Probably more so than some of the other older games are also pretty Yeah, linear. like my whole time I was writing down like all my thoughts and things like that, it literally started to write out like a walkthrough because you can't describe <laughs> yeah. this game without talking about how you have to go do this task to do this task to do this task to get this puzzle done to do, you know it it very much so compared yeah, like even sure. compared to like the last game we just talked about that one felt like it flowed a lot like i feel like i didn't have to talk about the tasks we had to do because yeah. it wasn't it didn't pertain at all to the plot and in this game every little thing you do pertains to the plot like, I feel like, you know, the stuff you had to do in the last game, like... It, like, supplements it versus, like, in Ghost Dogs. Yeah, like, pretty much. Because it was, the like, there's, like, some, like, <laughs> random things you had to do and running around to answer puzzle questions. And in this, you literally are... F- they're, like, you need to do this for me so that way you can get this to do this. And I'm just, like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. at this... At that point, the, at the... Bu- in the middle of the bug puzzle, I... I am not. I'm fighting the the urge to just set fire to a whole the whole forest. Make it. Make. I'm like. I'm gonna turn this. Into, I'm gonna turn this forest into British Columbia. I'm. I'm about to do so because uh-huh. I'm just set the whole freaking forest on fire. Just wildlife absolute disaster because of those bugs. That's how I, much they enraged me. I'm gonna be honest. I never really had a lot of issues doing the bug puzzle. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I don't remember struggling with it as a kid. The only thing that I would struggle with is the very last bug. Every time I play this game, I always struggle to find the very last bug. I always have to go back and forth between day and night. Yeah, to try to it doesn't it. help that you are not only having to look for these bugs during the day, you are having to look through like at the night at night as well i think it's the fact that like i don't know there's like little things to know if you're near them like sounds and stuff like that but they're also mm-hmm. not evenly split between day and night yeah. it's like seven and five so you don't really have a sense of how many bugs you were supposed to find during the day versus the night so very much so. too None of this would be none of this would be an issue if nancy had a gun she could she could just point the gun to emily and be like Bitch, no. Just give me what I need. I'm not doing the book puzzle. I mean, that would work once, but then after that, I don't know. I think she would go to jail. Oh, Nancy. Nancy uh, goes... I mean, she gotta go to jail at some point. I mean, she's gonna go to jail at some point. She needs to... She needs to... Better start to now. Alright. So, basically, after all that back and forth of day and night to get these tedious bugs... We can finally get the camo from Emily, so that way we can get the bird pictures. We end up getting all of the bird pictures, but one, the red-tailed hawk. Um, and also, one of the puzzles in the living room, the cabinet puzzle, needs sandpaper. And if we go to Emily at some point, she says she doesn't have any, but Red bought it all. So then we need to get go to Red to get sandpaper and then to also... I guess also to tell him that we can't find that one bird, but depending on how you do it, depends on when you activate that. It, that one's a very interesting linear thing where you bring that up because, like, the one time I played, 
even though I couldn't find the one picture, I didn't have the dialogue for it yet. So that also bases on the um, whole linear thing and like where that takes place. Okay, so you have the clock and cabinet puzzle and they actually pertain to each other One and then to the poem. So once you can get that sandpaper, you're able to unlock the puzzles and spin the doggies around and do the clock puzzle and things like that to unlock that wall where the floorboards that we fix by finding those throughout the um, woods and stuff randomly, we find wood that way. And then we get the nail and, and hammer from the shed. We get an an entrance into the basement and when you're down there you hear you hear things like squeaking and also it's pretty obvious because of the game's age there's the outline of some doors so um can i go on another rant about sally and how neglectful and you know, <laughs> just she awful do? she is. Like she claims to, <laughs> she claims to be a fixer. She just upper, bought it. Where's the fixing? Where's? The, I mean, put on some boards on the freaking on the freaking floor at least instead of like just letting rot and having this this like sticking note like fix it. How about mm-hmm. you put some floorboard that's nancy's job instead of putting the sticky notes at least i guess she hasn't been there that long but yeah she could have done because she put up the note about the rotten floorboards so why didn't she just take (laughs) out the floorboards that would have made too much sense and also like uh when she bought the place did she ever like wanted to go into the cellar like there's the outside cellar door so she wouldn't need to solve the puzzle yeah, but like, yeah, but like, why couldn't she just like over the phone be like, oh yeah, if you mm-hmm. want to get into the cellar, the key is like over there. Uh, and you could just you know, like use the outside door, the outside like trap door yeah. to go to the cellar. But like, she never told she never told Nancy how to get into the cellar. I mean, I'm not sure why Nancy would need to go into the cellar unless. There was something down there that she needed to get. I mean, on the way out, we find a paper about a Mr. William Akers. So that's... No, yeah. I mean, like, why would Sally tell her to go down there? I mean, okay. So if there were, like, let's say dogs, um, dogs outside and coming after her, I'd I'd be like, okay, so uh, if you, like, get, uh, if you, um, if you need, uh, absolutely need to go somewhere um and the doors uh, like to to go into the house are like blocked or something you can go into the cellar like it's a, it's a way you know to protect nancy if she could like go into the cellar uh, close the door the dogs would be able to come in i don't i don't trust that cellar door not one bit all right so after we find this note we might as well go and see if this William Akers is any relation to Jeff Akers. He denies it straight up. And he also just like brings up the fact that if he had more parkland, it would, he'd have like, what is it? If, if he had more parkland, he'd have more like stuffed patrol and he could hire more people. And he's like, weirdly talking about how, you know, he just needs like 10 more acres. And I think, if you look at the property on one of the maps in there, like Sally's land is exactly like an extra 10 acres or something like that. 
that he would need. And it's like, okay, like very suspicious on his part to just randomly bring that up. We ask him to help find Mickey's girlfriend because we find a picture of Mickey, Mal- Mickey Malone and his girlfriend Vivian. Um, and, and, you know, Jeff Akers is our man. He says, if we need help, go to him. But the only way he's willing to help us is my least favorite puzzle. Roman numerals. Oh, no. The bane of my existence. It is not, it's, it's not hard, but it is time consuming. And it makes you wonder, does, like, what is he doing in his time like is it that his job to keep things organized i don't know like yeah like who took care of that box with those like those numeral files like who who did this like why like my guy you could write normal like normal numbers what is it called the 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 one, two, three, four, five, non, non-Roman numerals numbers. You couldn't do that like a normal person. You had to go with the numerals for some reason. Like the, and I don't know what kind of archivist they have, but this, the guy, the guy is a sadist. The guy is a sadist. Mm, yeah, which I think has a lot to do with the fact that he said that if he had more land, he'd have more help. So therefore he'd be more organized and be able to help out more. You know, give his random tickets that are him bending the rules. But by doing this puzzle, we do learn more about Mickey, um, Mickey Malone, and his um, escapades here on Moon Lake due to some newspaper art, art articles. And we also find out that Emily wrote an article that is pro getting rid of the dragon, the dragon, the oh, my brain, the dragging the lake ban article so now we know even more so that she is very much so for being allowed to go into the lake and drag things up from down below so we can head back to the cabin um now it uh or not the cabin we can head back to the shed at the cabin and there's like a mask in there that we could have that we got um with also the hammer and nails and we can actually go back in the basement and where we hear that squeaking, there actually is a surprise. There's a secret safe. And um, inside there's a paper and clues to figure out what the code is. And oh, this is after we get our ranger pin too, which we can use to like, un- like unlock the... You can either, u- either use the screwdriver or the pin to do this. I don't know Wait, if you all what? knew that. that you could- Hold on. What? Yeah. Yeah. I actually didn't know you could use a screwdriver. I used the screwdriver the last time I played. I normally use the pen. Or no, not the screwdriver, the pen. Sorry. You could either use the pen or the pin. Okay. I I okay. You can use I watched somebody use the ranger. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. That's cool. Oh my gosh, I I was like, what? I, I, was then, I got it mixed up. No, that's fine. I normally use the pen. I didn't know you could use a ranger pen. Yeah, I watched somebody grab the pin oh, and well, use I gotta it. try that next time. Um, oh my god. I was impressed. Um, <laughs> but basically, you figure out the code from the note, and that's where you find William Aker's journal. And you learn different information, not only about Malone and what happened to him, but also about William Aker's family as well. And William's hunt for the gold. 
Mickey left him some clues in regards to it, um, in regards to finding the gold after he is arrested and what to do with the dog's tombstones. So he's the reason that the tombstones have those specific dates on them and that the dogs did not die, but were very much so alive. Um, But William really struggled to find the gold. He had a map that Mickey gave him that he could not, for some reason, he deciphered incorrectly, and he just really struggles, and eventually he just gives up, and he, I believe, takes his family and moves, and that's how we learned of a Joe Akers, who is Jeff Akers' father. So the fact that Jeff said he does not know William Akers is not true. So it's time to talk to Jeff again about what we found. So we, we get all that information just to leave and come back again. So when we arrive, he tells us he found the girlfriend and that she's still alive. And then, you know, the water results show that there's arsenic in it. And Nancy immediately thinks somebody's poisoning the well. And Jeff Akers is like, it's a really old well. <laughs> and I was like, she has a right to freak out. He literally tells her not to like. So is it, it confirmed that it was the culprit poisoning the well? I want to say yes. I can't but remember. I, I don't, don't think there's. I don't remember like a solid piece of evidence that. Yeah, me It was either. the culprit because, like, at the end of the game, when you find the culprit's hidden lair or whatever, I don't think there's something there that definitively proves that it was being poisoned. But we can maybe assume that it was. I like to think it was just for a little <laughs> added spice. Okay, it would have been fucked up, but it could have been someone, another person than the culprit. Because, to be mm-hmm. fair, everybody wanted Sally to leave. But it would have been fucked up, regardless uh, of who it is. The, uh, it, and there's a high possibility that it could have been the, sus- the, the culprit, but it would be more interesting and, you know... Um, gasp if it was someone else but they never addressed it all right so we bring up joe acres and jeff's like all right you caught me and that's how we learned that william it was exact was in fact his grandfather and that he wasn't very proud of it but i gotta give props to william he decided to have a better life for his wife and children and found a better job and he he moved out of the area to do bigger and better things and take care of his kids and look at jeff Akers now he's a yeah i mean will william seemed like a nice guy he didn't seem like he was a bad guy he just worked for a mafia or just worked for a mobster that's it yeah that's okay oh wait oh uh, wait hold on have we addressed the the newspaper which yet? one the ones in the well there yes the one in the cellar and the one in the but yes the i con- did bring content. those up wait the content not the exact content. Okay, uh, I I was thinking Malone is heavily, heavily like borrowed from. Yeah, he's been probably out yeah, of Malone. Yeah, like I watched recently like a video on Al Capone, and I was like, wait a minute, this is way too similar. This is uh, <laughs> they could have been the same They're person. Yeah, I'm not surprised. They got they they got they got had it. They got had it. But because of tax fraud or something shit like that. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, they got Al Capone on a smaller charge, but that was like the all they needed to get him into prison, basically. And he died there. Yeah, which is very similar for Mickey. He he died also after yeah. being incarcerated. How, how do we feel about 
how do we feel about the game um, glamorizing no the a gangster um, um, and in the prohibition someone well, that, that is like really like uh, that is the life is really borrowed by like by from Al Capone you know yeah it's interesting I guess like I don't know how much of the bad stuff they could have covered in this game mm-hmm. if they wanted to keep their PG rating. Um, because they don't even really bring up the fact that Mickey Malone is probably a pretty violent criminal. They, fluff they don't really say even what he did. They're like, oh, he was a mobster, but they don't say exactly what he did. I think they mentioned he might have... I think he made I mean, He did own like a speakeasy, which was illegal at the time. Yeah, or something like yeah. He made moonshine, and so he was a bootlegger. But um, they definitely gloss over mm-hmm. some of the other stuff he would have been doing at the time. Yeah, because if you if you look into Al Capone uh, and his the his mob, it's they did some really violent shit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, th- in this sure. game, they really do not address any of the violence. It's just, it's all like sunshine and rainbow. They're just having fun. They're just like, you know, they, they have a secret speakeasy and they have booze and they just party. It's all good. It's all fun. Yeah. Yes, he robbed a train. He robbed a train, but no casualties, not that we know of. Mm-hmm. And and it's like it's it's like when in reality, the way they got booze is not by you know just giving hugs and you know pats in the head and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, the way people got booze back then was. Yeah, violent. it's like they were either making it themselves or they were part of like a underground black market trade. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. They because they like I feel like they don't even really teach that much about prohibition in this game. Yeah, I was just about to bring even her. Vivian, up. <laughs> even Vivian was like, "Oh my gosh, he was such a fine man. Yeah. Like he had this little. It was like a, a he had a little tap yeah, birch for beer. me specifically." birch beer like oh my gosh what a real what a man like and all of that like, he might have been a gentleman yeah, he, might he have just been a did a lot of yeah, bad might things have been a nice guy who knows uh, <laughs> <laughs> i do want to point out um the best thing ever is if you go to m's after getting your junior ranger pin emily will like talk about it and like make such a snide yes comment. that's how you know that's how you know that Nancy put it on because <laughs> Emily will say like nice junior park ranger pants. Like why did Nancy put it on? I mean, there is an easy solution to this. Um, Em could have just given her her own little pin like that says I support crime and Nancy would just go <laughs> back. No, it wouldn't be crime. <laughs> It'd be I support dr- dr- drudging. Not dr- yeah, dredging, uh, dragging. Uh, it doesn't sound Dang. as good. <sighs> yeah. Which technically is a crime, so I guess. <laughs> I I kind of yeah. like I support crimes. I feel like Jeff yeah. Baker should have a stroke. They don't have a. They don't have a. Uh, they don't have like I love arson. <laughs> yeah. Um, around this time, when you start going to the different characters, Nancy will bring up gold, and if anyone knows anything about it. 
And she brings it up to Emily, and Emily's like, very like, if there is any gold, it's long gone by now kind of like thing. So, and like Jeff will be like, I forget what he says exactly, but he's very much so like, even if there is gold, it probably isn't there anymore. Like they all, they all are like, no, I either didn't know about the gold or it's probably long gone. I think both Red and Jeff say that they yeah. didn't know about any gold, and um, Emily was the only one to say even if there was, it'd be long gone by now. Um, so we go back to the cabin, and we call Vivian Whitmore, and I love this conversation with her in the beginning because she's immediately like, "If you selling, we ain't. I ain't buying." <laughs> like very like sassy firecracker kind of personality of like people from that generation who grew up in the twenties. Um, she is Mickey's ex-girlfriend, um, and from her we learn about the speakeasy and how to get into it from the cemetery, which is why it's assumed that a lot of the tombstones are fake and not real, because one specific tombstone in there is making fun of, I believe, a police officer or a detective named Waldo, and, um, and um, the only people who know how to get into the speakeasy from in the house are Willie, a.k.a. William Akers, and Mickey. Um, but from her, she wants to exchange the picture we found of the two of them for the key. So we go all the way there to have this phone conversation just to go all the way back to Jeff. <laughs> I'm, um, I just want to say about Vivian, um, by the way, we're <laughs> queen, queen. But it's like if you are expecting a call from Nancy because Jeff Akers told you so who uh wouldn't wouldn't you be like actually waiting for a call instead of like treating nancy like she's <clears throat> like she is a vendor wait until you know for sure that it's a vendor yeah. and not you know the other person so it doesn't she make does kind of say if we ain't if you buy if you sell and we ain't buying kind of thing um but then nancy's like no i have questions for you uh jeff Akers, so after that, she explains who she is, uh, but not before getting judged immediately. Um, yeah, but other than that little the, that little thing, I mean, still what a queen! <laughs> like she kind of, you know, she had a mobster for she had a mobster for a for a boyfriend. So. Yeah, you know, she had to be able to hang. She she could party. <laughs> yeah, she still parties. She. she I mean, she did say she did say that she wasn't as crazy as the other guests, which means that she was the craziest <laughs> one. Yeah, she was drinking that birch that beer and dancing on tables. I bet. <laughs> totally. I just want to point out, like I totally ship Vivian and Eustacia. Just saying, just saying they should be together. There you go. <laughs> We're going to bring this back to Red again because, like I mentioned before, he doesn't talk about the Red Tail Hawk. So we go talk to him and he does finally mention it. It's like you have to, there's like certain things you have to do, like find find out about the speakeasy. And um, like there's like very linear, like you have to find some things out before you can even bring up that conversation. Um, so if you get all the photos before a certain point, you're just kind of wandering around. Um and he brings up a map of an old tree, which, um, like, an old tree that, like, all the, the hawks like and used to nest in. But in truth, that tree does no longer exist, but it just happens that there is a tree outside the cabin. But now all that remains is, uh, like, a stump. 
So you hear the hawk turn around. You look at the cabin roof. You see what you've been looking for. You take go to take the picture, and then you go, huh, is that a speaker on the roof? And then, bang! Nancy's knocked the fuck out! <laughs> She sure is. Wait, wait, okay. So I want to, before I forget, I want to ask, how did the culprit get that freaking speaker on top of that house? Um, I don't know, a ladder? No, I mean like... Oh, no, actually there's a ladder on the side of the house that you can go up. Did they put the speaker before, uh, before Sally bought the house? Probably, maybe. Yeah, because Sally just recently bought the Maybe house. that uh, the culprit put it. Maybe the culprit put it there when they knew that Sally was coming. Okay, so yeah, we're hit. Nancy's hit on the head. Um, we're thrown into the shed, and guess what? It's set on fire, and we have to Rube Rube Goldberg machine our way out of our hands being tied together. Fire! 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 <laughs> fire <laughs> um and then obviously we also go run to get water because if you don't run to get water bad things happen also if you don't get out of the shed in time and you mess up the puzzle which i found this out when i streamed it i messed up the puzzle early on like the first move i messed up and that had just i had to sit there until i died like i could not fix it it was an immediate game over and i just sat there waiting for like a good minute or two Like, it took a really long time for Nancy to die. Nancy's whole life flashed in front of her eyes when she saw that there is literally nothing she could do except wait for death. It was just weird that I was able to break it that quickly and not be able to fix it. Like, that kind of frustrated me because then I was just sitting there. Oh, it happens to most people. It happens to me all the time. I always fuck it up the the first time. Yeah, it was just... Ugh, knock it down a point in, in your words. <laughs> so then after we put the fire out, Red shows up and pretty much yells at us, asking if we play, we're playing with matches and um, saying how we're going to start a forest fire or whatever because it's really dry this time of year. And then um, Jeff comes and ticket us. <laughs> this, that, the fire thing reminds me of uh, when Red earlier asked Nancy if... If she smoked, uh, if she smoked, there was two options. Well, the iconic, <laughs> the iconic one, like only when I'm on fire, <laughs> uh, and the other one is cigarettes. No, uh, which implies that she doesn't specifically smoke cigarettes, but she bus- she could be smoking other stuff. Which brings me to my point. When is when are we gonna have Nancy smoke weed <laughs> with the Hardy oh. Boys? <laughs> and and uh, the best of George. Only when we have a game set in the seventies. Uh, I mean, we got we had a game set in the twenties. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting. You know, yeah, we're waiting. There's still a chance. There's still a chance. Uh, after Red yells at us, we get ticketed. Um, I believe we have a phone conversation with Sally explaining what happened. She's still convincing us to try to leave. And she also blames us for it, if memory serves me. She blames us for the fire. Like, everyone blames us for this fire. <laughs> like It's like, all right, it's just Nancy's fault. Nancy, 
Nancy has the face of an arsonist. Let's be real. <laughs> it's foreshadowing. You can you can you can tell that Nancy wherever she goes, there's always a fire somewhere. Like uh, there's all f- firefalls are everywhere, so it must be her. <laughs> uh, apparently. So we can also talk to Red that same night, and he actually apologizes for the map being wrong, which go for him for actually apologizing for doing something wrong. But he does not apologize for yelling at us. Or, yeah, he doesn't apologize for that. They're blaming us. Yeah, well, men. (laughs) Men do not apologize. So Yeah. Turns out Red's married, by the way, and has a dog. I think his wife is dead. Is she dead? Well, I mean, she's not there. He says that she doesn't like bird watching. She said, my wife had no patience for birding. That's what he says. Oh, no. Lois Griffin is dead. I'm pretty sure she's dead. Or they're divorced. That's why he's a bitter old man. (laughs) He does sleep during the day and bird watch at night. So the possibility of him, his wife actually being alive. That's sad. Okay. Chick watching. Alright, so nighttime, go to daytime, get the key um, from Vivian, uh, so that way we can finally go into the speakeasy. Alright, so the speakeasy, how to get into there is to go to the cemetery and go to the, the tombstone that says Waldo, put the key in, and change his name to Baldo. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> I mean... I mean, uh, all right. Like, uh, it's it, it is kind of a diss, but all but it's still like a a milder diss. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a PG thirteen diss. <laughs> He's bald. Call him Baldo. Um, but like the minute you get in, like, uh, like also the technology for the twenties must have been great because I don't know how those stairs magically open. But, um, yeah, like, uh, like we just got color ID and yet they managed to make these like magical stairs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You can say that about a lot of games, like some of the ones where it's like an ancient puzzle that works with like very modern technology. Yeah. It's just, there's some things, continuity. Um, but like the minute you get in, the flashlight dies. And my thought process was like, of course it does. Because they want me to run around some more. So time to go to M's. Thankfully to get the batteries. It's a pretty easy thing. We just have to turn a pop display into a goldfish. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. But that's all we have to do to get the batteries. To then go back to the cemetery. And then once again... Yeah. Make it say Baldo. That's the other annoying thing is like this happens one other time in the game where like you have to fail a task before you can accomplish it successfully because you have to have your lamp die in the when you're going down the passageway um, so that you can like go get the battery and come mm-hmm. back. Like there's no reason that your flashlight has to go out just so you can go do another puzzle. It- exactly it's like dumb yeah that's that was one of the frustrating things for me was the minute because it's like you solve the tombstone puzzle and then it's like oh you gotta go back and then you have to do the tombstone puzzle again plus plus side it wasn't that hard to figure out because you can kind of keep the l in the middle like only moves yeah it's not that hard it's just like why you shouldn't have to do it twice (sighs) yeah so anyways we're back in the cemetery and once they're they're 
it's just dirt tunnels and you just kind of go down it and you find the entrance to the speakeasy but it's kind of you know there's some dead ends here and there not a lot but it's like yeah definitely the whole idea that people were probably rendezvousing in those tunnels um at least at least the flashlight that we got is not a uv light am i right (laughs) (laughs) it's not a glow stick (laughs) oh god Oh, the glow sticks. Uh, We'll get to that. We finally made it to the speakeasy. And it is, if I thought the house was dog themed, the speakeasy is the epitome of a dog lover. It is everywhere. Pictures, posters, little details here and there. There's just pictures of dogs everywhere. Even the door that like you like take the board out and it goes into the basement like that's how they would get in it's covered in like egyptian style dogs like with the gold and the reds and the (laughs) it's just very much booze it's booze uh gambling and dogs (laughs) sally sally got so lucky because when she purchased that house nobody knew about that speakeasy but now the like the value of her property just went up <laughs> like by a lot because of a, the not not just any speakeasy the gangsters mickey malone's speakeasy exactly so really like she 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 got extremely lucky and she doesn't deserve it <laughs> because sally's a bitch okay well, <laughs> all right all right all right i'm gonna i'm done <laughs> All right, so... Yeah, I know, that's true. (laughs) To both. (laughs) So in this area, this area is very important to forward our plot. Those doors I mentioned are locked, but not only that, the spigots at the bar are locked. So I don't know how we figure it out, but if you go up to the roulette wheel, there's a button in the middle and you push it and it unlocks the spigots. The spigots are... I think it's written down probably in William's journal. I don't... I think, or Vivian brings it up. But somehow you're supposed to know that each one of the spigots colors represents one of the dogs. And you know that by looking at the pictures. There's pictures of really big pictures of them with their their collar colors on. And then you have to put their first initials it, it to unlock the door. It's hard to explain. You had to have been there. Um, <laughs> and what this does is it unlocks a secret passageway. Yeah, like... Uh- I'm surprised, like, not a single drunk person there ever, like, accidentally solved this bigot puzzle. Yeah, it's just, that one's a little weird. And then because of that map we found in the journal, I do believe we found it in the journal, it's the whole thing about where the different dogs like to hang out. You gotta, you gotta pay attention to the pictures to help you figure out that stuff for later. In the secret passageway, in the tunnels, to... A tunnel and in that tunnel we have some murals on the walls and it's the pictures we just saw in the speakeasy and one of the pictures in there was badly damaged but here we're able to see it perfectly and there's also different murals that are interactive and these murals are maps and it's kind of you're kind of just like, hmm, not so sure about this kind of puzzle just yet. But if you keep going down the hall, all the way to the end, up the one direction, open the door, and all of a sudden you hear 
dogs. Aww. All the dogs. And these are the ghost dogs of Moon Lake, a.k.a. real dogs, inside this cave, inside of a metal kennel. No sunlight, but there's at least food and water, I guess. And you find out that these dogs are very real, very nice and friendly. And there's a little work table and you see the speakers, the wires. There's glow-in-the-dark dental stuff. There's food for the dogs to, like, basically make their eyes glow. And then you press a button on a little remote and the dogs start to frantically attack. Because they are trained to attack a certain sound. So... You also find a notebook. And in this notebook is a bunch of notes about our culprit and them talking about different things that they're dragging from the water and pulling out from the water. Different dates, different appointments, different times of days that they're finding stuff, different locations that they're finding it. A lot of it's near the dock of the Malone house. And they even talk about the new owner moving in. And they even talk about Nancy knows where the gold is and there's different little clues in there and there's magazines on this table and on in the magazines it mentions two of our last previous games that we talked about the Mayan temples and Brady Armstrong so this person theoretically knows who Nancy is and what she's known for also, my favorite note that is in there is Malone and his stupid puzzles can take a flying leap. <laughs> it's probably the oh. best mural uh, not mural best note in there all right so after we explore this area it's back to the murals and we pull out our little small map right and we're looking for one that matches up because we're like okay this one matches and we have to find the corresponding spots on this map mural and click them to unlock it. And once we unlock it, we walk down the hall. There's a door at the end. We enter it, enter it, and BAM! There's not gold. It's it's a giant water thing. Water well. <laughs> at least it changes from fire. At least it changes from fire to water. And if you open that door to the water well thing, it will kill you. <laughs> and I may or may not have done that. Because when it opens, it takes you straight to the door. So your first thought is, ew, let me open it. And then, bam, Nancy's dead. Um, so this puzzle is kind of frustrating. I don't know if anyone else had issues, but when I was playing it recently, when I was streaming it, I was struggling so hard that I had to look up the answer. I, like, could not do it. My turn to say it's not that difficult. I never had an issue. I'm kidding. Uh, it take, it's a lot of trial and error. Yeah. I never really... I never had to look it up, but it's a lot of trial and error, like trying different stuff. It was weird. I did it correctly, but it didn't count, and I, I still drowned. It was. Well, it was it the it's the screwdriver, right? Yeah, it's something with the screwdriver. It was not right, so I then backed out and then walked back into the room to like reset it. I was like, let's try that. Um, so once you get that water pressure level down, you have to make sure you take this wheel with you that we just found randomly on the floor. And we walk in there and we get our Krollmeister Wellworks. I think this is the first mention of Krollmeister in the Nancy Drew series, right? Or did it be, oh, wow. was it, was it brought up in the previous one? 
I think it might be in Scarlet of the uh, Hand. I feel like Scarlet. there's a Krollmeister Scarlet thing of the Hand. This, I, I oh, yeah, like that mas- machine in the lab, yeah. Scarlet of the yeah. Hand. Yeah, I think some of the equipment... The the ham radio, I think, is Krollmeister. So, so we're in this thing, and I we like I don't know how Nancy thinks to do, that the date on the Krollmeister thing pertains to... It's a puzzle. So there's like a door down there. It's color coded to the dogs again, and you have to figure out the numbers corresponding. And once you do, we find gold. Yay! <laughs> oh, we, we're okay. Let's keep everything. Let's keep all the gold for ourselves. <laughs> Nancy decides to keep the gold, and therefore ends the story. No. <laughs> Uh, but not only do we find the gold, but the culprit finds us holding a bone in their hand. We look up the ladder and we see Emily. <laughs> Terrifying. Oh my gosh. Not Emily. Oh my god. Not Emily. <laughs> As it- <laughs> I got the top of the letters. She's like, hi, Nancy. Like, <laughs> As a kid, this scared me so bad. Like, Emily holding the bone standing over you. I traumatized me. Hey there, Nancy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, our culprit's Emily. And you kind of figure that out once you find the dogs. Because the notebook yeah. has the dredging catalog mm-hmm. brought up. And it also has some things that are, like, written the way Emily talks mm-hmm. so you can like kind of infer yeah and the handwriting as well I don't know how y'all feel about finding out who's the culprit at at the diary instead of like the last moment when we find the gold uh but I don't know it kind of bummed me to find out who it was like at the diary instead of like when we find the gold kind of bummed me oh that like it's kind of revealed then instead of having it be more dramatic like uh because i we kind of knew who it everybody knew who it was when they showed up like it was like no surprise Mm -hmm. that's true yeah there was no guessing by the time you got to the gold but it was pretty much it was pretty much the end, though, so... Yeah, it's, like, pretty much right before, so I feel like it's okay. I don't know, it's, it's like, all the other games, you can kind of, like, you can kind of be like, oh, okay, it's time for me to guess, but uh, it, when, when you find the gold or something like that, but in this game, like, um, a lot of people... Uh, they find the dogs and all of that, but they don't. They don't expect to find out who the culprit is yet, so they don't do, make their guess. Mm-hmm. And then they read the journal and they're like, "Oh fuck! Well, just found out." There's one other game. I think there's one other game where you. F- I think it was Albine Ashes. Early. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know it's the culprit about thirty minutes before you actually finish the yeah. game. Yeah. So it felt like that. Yeah, no, I, I see your point. I, I think I agree that, like, sometimes you want the culprit reveal to be, like, fully unexpected. But I don't know. I guess in this case, though, like, you pretty much, you find that diary, like, right before. So 
Yeah, it's not as bad. It's not as bad as Alabama. And if you're not like me and don't actually read things, um, yeah, if you didn't read it carefully enough, you might you might not know. (laughs) You might have just not me. It's a kid. I don't know. Like, uh, even if you don't read it, it's like like a, maybe a kid would miss it. I did, you know. I don't know. Like, I I just feel like uh, if if I were if I weren't to read, if I were to just look at the diary and the inside the diary, it's it's not like okay, highly doubt this handwriting belongs to old Peter Griffin. Highly doubt it's because it belongs to Jeff Akers. So that leaves one other suspect. Which, by the way. Three suspects. What the heck is that? Like, what's that? Sub- <laughs> this game has three suspects. I mean, the last one had. Yeah, I mean, I three. Yeah, I feel like the most of the games have around three or four. What? Wait, no, no. Like, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. I want to look it up because I'm yeah, I mean, sure. Scarlet Hand had four suspects, right? Yeah, they- Henrik, Joanna, Taylor. Because it's uh, one suspect. Lacking is a lot. It uh, affects the game a lot, you know? Like, it, it's already, like, uh, it limits the amount of people that could be the culprits, but also, like, also the, 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 the dialogue, you know, uh, makes the game shorter. Well, Not in this I one. mean, the game was padded. <laughs> the game was padded with other bullshit, but... Yeah, it was padded with chores. And- dumb conversations um, and you could talk yeah. to Bess and george a lot and like joe and frank but like i didn't really bring them up because you really don't need to talk to them <laughs> yeah you really don't yeah i think i i might be wrong i'm gonna have to look it up but i think moon lake is the only game where there is only three Suspect. I mean, there are games with fewer suspects. Like Grand Theft Seven Ships only has one suspect. Okay, well, Red Sub is Red Sub is like a, a a freak, a freak of nature. <laughs> and then you have I mean, you know, wait, games like Waverly that has even more than four. Yeah, but four, four, for me, four or plus. <laughs> for me, it's four or plus. Oh no, it does have four. Uh, Shit! All right, I recounted in wait, my head. On. Okay, now this is bugging me. Uh, da, da, da. The squirrel doesn't oh, count as a five. culprit. Hold There's on. Five. Oh, no. I was wrong. Curse of Black Woman Matter. Unless... So, what Nancy needs to do... So, we're kind of stuck in this um, this well thing with her hovering menacingly above us <laughs> with a bone in hand. And we have to escape. And how to escape is there is a... like a Not like a manhole cover, but like a great like a circular grate on the floor and we have to basically slip out of that, go through it and then slip out on the other side and slam the door shut. And then we call the police and uh, well, actually she tries negotiating with us to give us half the money. If we don't call the police or some kind of bullshit. And Nancy's like, nah, and slams the door. Um, in her face. That's, yeah. a, it, that's a rich girl. That's rich girl behavior. Okay. If I, it were me, I'd be like, yeah, yes. Okay, let's do this. I'll take half. Okay, we're, we're not talking about They also this, uh, reused the animation from Treasure in the Royal Tower for Emily being trapped down there. Like, it's yeah, literally it the same animation. <laughs> oh, the fact gosh, that, yeah. how, how, how can Emily not figure out how to get out of there like Nancy? Like, what's stopping her? Um, I don't know. Is a way, like, can, can you, like, 
Can you lock it from the outside? Maybe? Yeah, that's what Nancy does. She shuts the door on her from the outside. By the time she gets up there, like, it's, it's yeah. too late. Yeah, it's like, how did she not think to do what Nancy did? She was literally staring at us. Or was she trying to make her way down? Yeah, I think she might have been trying to make her way down. I don't know if... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I know, like, what Nancy does is she drops down into the sewer, goes up a different tunnel, turns around, and yeah. closes the door. After she tries, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Then that's, you know, the end of the game. And then we write a wonderful note to Ned. And the note says, because I have it. The note says, sucks to be you. You're not in this game. <laughs> only. It says, Dear Ned, as soon as I got out of the tunnels, Emily had left the door open. I called the sheriff, but when I led him back down to the well, to the room where I left her, she just sat there on the gold and refused to leave. He and his deputies finally got her out, but one of them said afterwards that if he had to choose between getting a bear away from her cub and getting Emily away from that gold, he'd pick the bear. What's worse, by the time they took Emily away, the place was swarming with reporters from all over the country. The commotion has scared away every bird for miles. I'm pretty sure Red Knot would like to strangle me. On the other hand, when Ranger Acres found out that seven cars and two helicopters were illegally parked on a park property and that he was going to get to ticket them, he was ecstatic. Trucker Davis finally cleared away the dead tree, which means I'm free to drive home. Moon Lake is beautiful, but I've had enough wildlife for now. Which reminds me, did I mention that those four ghost dogs are actually very sweet? They're so sweet, in fact, that Sally is seriously thinking about adopting them. How's that for irony? Ever yours, Nancy. Uh, Red was so furious at Nancy <laughs> for this that he flew to River Heights and set Town Hall on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and try to frame yes. Nancy. We need Red Knot as a culprit to come back. So, and his revenge motive is that Nancy destroyed the forest that he used. Should have been Red Knot on on that Monkey Island. Should have been <laughs> Red Knot. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, we want to move on to overall opinion. Who would like to go first? Okay. So, here's the thing. Like I said. Like, if you love this game, good for you. But, like, in my personal opinion, Ghost Dogs of Moon Lake is highly overrated. It's not that good, people. It's, it's like, maybe, like, it is just okay. It's okay. It's not bad. It's not great. It's just there. Like... There are way better than Siju games. Um, but it's, it's, it has some good stuff, but it's been ruined by the worst puzzle. In a, uh, what, some of the worst puzzles, like the bug puzzle. Uh, and, the, you know, the filing, the filing, uh, numeral filing, that was awful. Um, also only three suspects. Um, maybe it doesn't really matter for a lot of people, but personally, I'm like, really? Only three suspects? Okay. You are on the budget, I guess. Um, and, um, um, think about it. Um, so it's a five out of 10 for me. 
And I'm sorry for all of my friends because I have a lot of friends who love Ghost Dogs on Moon Lake. I'm sorry to all of my friends, but the game is not that good. <laughs> it's middle of the road. You know what? That's fair. Um, I would. I really like this game because it has a lot of nostalgia for me. It was one of the first Nancy Drew games I ever played, so I feel like I may look at it with rose-colored glasses because of that. But looking back on it, I kind of agree. It is like an okay game. And I think it really suffers from being so linear and task heavy. Like the game goes out of its way to pad the runtime by like adding tasks onto your list. And I think if it didn't have that, it would be a better game. Because I really like the atmosphere of it. And I really actually enjoy like the plot. Um, so I would say overall, I would give it a 7 on 10. Okay. Um, honestly, for me, while playing this game on stream a couple weeks ago, um, I remember being very frustrated. Um, I wasn't fully enjoying myself. Like, I was enjoying myself streaming and all that stuff and playing Nancy Drew. But it was just kind of like, because it was so back and forth, back and forth for me. And then the lack of a task list, at least for my brain, yes, there is the PDA. But um, if you don't even think about it, you forget that it's there. It's just very, for me, tedious. Um, but I do think fondly of this game as being, like, one of those ones that I remember playing as a kid and being, like, entirely, like, spooked out. It's good for what it is. It has a good... I think the story is pretty good. It's 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 interesting. You got the Roaring Twenties mentioned. You got a Secret Speakeasy. You got Ghost Dogs. It's got a lot of good little bits and gossipy characters and everyone hates each other. Um, but there's just so much tediousness that I do have to kind of like not rate it as highly. So I personally would give it a 6 out of 10 for me. People are about to come after us. They listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, what can I say? If it wasn't for the fact that I had just recently played it personally, I probably would have a different feeling, but it, I did just recently play it, so it's, like, very fresh in my brain um, for me. I don't know what's up with, like, j January, like, January, beginning of January, but literally every streamer that I follow uh, on Twitch played um played ghost dogs <laughs> like literally every not literally I, I was exaggerating but so many I Nancy Drew streamers <laughs> like including you played ghost dogs and i'm like what's happening why is everybody playing ghost dogs <laughs> is like is this there's something about january and ghost dogs like a link i don't know about because everybody playing the same game <laughs> at, and i i watched them i watched the streamers so i want where i was so sick and tired of ghost dogs i was like <laughs> oh my gosh we're really, like this is the 50th time i'm watching ghost dogs can we move on just a fun thing just a fun thing Thank you so much for joining us today. You can listen to The Real Housewives of River Heights on any podcast streaming service such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And don't forget to check out our Patreon where you can get things like our bonus episodes and you can listen to our podcast a day early. 
And as always, check out our link tree. You'll find some new socials down there, such as me. I am now streaming, and Tina also streams as well on Twitch. I go by Rain Loves on Twitch. Tina goes by Tina Balducci, so check those out. We are both variety streamers, but we also stream to Nancy Drew. And um, thank you again, and goodbye! Bye! You sound so enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like... <laughs>